welcome to the Real Estate Raw Show, hosted by Joe Mendoza. Hi guys, Joe Mendoza here in sunny San Diego. Welcome to my show today, ladies and gentlemen. I have an exciting guest. He owns his own flip company. He has a podcast. He runs a blog. He also has this cool software we're going to talk a little bit about. Welcome to the show, Mr. Danny Johnson. How are you? Great. Thank you, Joe. Absolutely. Glad you're here. Thanks for taking the time out today to be with us. Tell us, uh, who don't know you in my audience, a little bit about Danny. Where were you before? Because you mentioned, I think you were a software developer, kind of grew old on that, and then got into the flip business. So let's kind of see how this transition played out. Yeah, for sure. First, I want to say you're, you're awfully lucky being in San Diego. It's like 105 or 107 here in San Antonio, Texas. But um, yeah, it's just like everywhere I go, I'm sweating. It's just crazy. Like the AC just can't keep up. But um, but yeah, so getting started, I mean, it was it was back in 2003. I had just graduated college in 2000 with a computer science degree. You know, that whole internet bubble, all that kind of stuff happened back then. Yeah, I really wanted to get into software development, did that. And, uh, you know, I was working software development, but I was in an office and it wasn't challenging work. And my father had started flipping houses at that time. And he was having so much fun. It's like his complete, his life just completely changed. He was super thrilled about every single day telling me about all these stories, which were more like adventures to me, like hearing them. And I was like, man, I just like felt this thing inside, like, oh, I want to do that too. You know, it just sounds like so incredible, so free, right? He sounded so free. So uh, I wanted to get into that. And I remember growing up, he was a contractor for a house flipper here in town. And so I would go with him to do demo on a lot of houses as a kid. And, and so kind of saw what those houses were like and what it was like to be in there and to actually, you know, take them from looking horrible and horrendous and kind of not believing that people could live in there to this beautiful home. So I think I got a taste of it back then as a kid, but my father, uh, you know, he was in it. He got me interested in it and uh, kind of left it up to me to determine what I wanted to do in the business. You know, he didn't just say, do this and do this. He let me figure out what I needed to learn and then I could ask him some questions. And uh, that was pretty cool. So I got into the business and was in it part time for three years. I was so scared to take the leap into full time. And even though, I think, you know, I was generating, like, I think we were doing about 10 deals a year by then or so. And I felt like, well, this is plenty, but I couldn't leave the job. It took me getting laid off from my job to go full time. So I understand, I get it when people talk about, you know, that concern and struggle, because you're going from something that's so consistent to something that we can feel like could become consistent for inconsistent pretty quickly, right? This is that fear of the deals drying up and all that kind of stuff. But but yeah, I've been, been in it since 2003, went full-time roughly, I think it was about 2005, 2006. About 17 years now. Yeah, it's been a long awesome. time. Mm -hmm. Awesome, awesome. Now, when you started, you were doing your day job, you yeah. were fixing and flipping. What kind of hurdles did you come across? Hurdles? <laughs> well, <laughs> well the, being able to take calls. So I was marketing directly to motivated sellers. Okay. I was also working at the time for my full-time job was for a defense contractor. And so we were on lockdown in the build. Like I had to work in a skiff, which is basically a vault. Okay. You know, there's no windows to the outside. It's just top secret, all this kind of stuff. And so obviously I couldn't have a cell phone, right? I couldn't take calls. 
And, and so that was a challenge, like figuring out how to do that, how to like take breaks periodically to check my phone and then go down in a stair stairwell and take the call and return the call and, and try to, to get back in touch with that seller because I was doing that motivated seller marketing directly to people selling their homes. And um, to this day, I still feel like that's the best way to get great deals. And, um, but other hurdles is, you know, just the full-time job hurdle. So it's, you know, you know, a great deal opportunity comes up where somebody wants to sell a house and you got to move fast and they have to say, well, I can be there, you know, at five or six in the evening works out for a lot of people because they work also. But, but sometimes it was a challenge because I was really scared. I'd be sitting there if there was a super motivated seller and I'm, I'm just sitting there sweating it going, man, they could be calling my competitors right after this who could go right over and put this thing under contract. So kind of had to deal with that. But, but at the same time, I, th I think that being in the business for, for so many years part-time really helped because it helped me focus in on what was important. What was important to spend my time on? Because when you have more time, you know, things get a little weird. You start you know, trying to fill the time and you waste time. You waste time and energy. So I think, you know, God was maybe saying, hey, look, keep you part-time for a while so you can figure that out and then when you go full-time. Then it all worked out. So since then, what was the uh, most amount of transactions in one year? Most amount of transaction? I don't know that I've got an exact number for that, but I, somewhere between 50 and 60, I think was, was pretty much the- Very nice. Most, you know, after building up a team and figuring out how to scale it up like that. We had attempted to do 100 that year and that did not happen. But, wow. Uh, yeah. Okay. And at that time, how big was your team? The team at that time was, pro, I think, one, two, three, four, five or six. Okay. Five or six people, yeah. And who were the key? Uh, key That's not including contractors, right? I don't consider that a part of my direct. No, 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 no. They're, they're kind of outsourced, right. what have you. So your immediate team, because I have people that are listening to the show, yeah. they're kind of uh, solopreneurs, right? Yeah. They're, they're one-man armies or whatever you want to call them. And they're like kind of stuck at that one transaction per month or what have you. They want to scale it to like five. Um, you had five people who were kind of the key people on your team. Yeah, key people on the team were lead, lead intake person. So somebody always there to be able to take the phone, spend the time having the conversations, building the rapport, setting the appointment right away, confirming appointments, you know, getting things going, researching the deals, all that kind of stuff. Acquisitions person to be able to go out and, and make the offers, spend the time, you know, with the sellers. And, uh, you know, and that one was big. I don't know. I guess I could list all of them and come back, but you know, that was the one I didn't want to let go of for the longest time. The acquisitions one was really hard for me to give to somebody else. So lead intake acquisitions person, dispositions person. So somebody doing wholesaling and then working with transactions on the retail sale side. And then, we had, um, we had a realtor doing the listings and doing all of that. I'm trying to think if, I guess that was about, and, and me and my ex-wife. So five or six, yeah. Now, why did you have such a hard time letting go of the acquisition side? <laughs> because I felt like people wouldn't, uh, you know, like, you know, I knew how much I was spending to get those leads, right? And how much in, in losing a deal, what that meant to the company. You know, it could be a home run deal we lose and, and that's like a huge chunk. So I just had this idea that 
that nobody could do it better than me. You know, that I, I just, you know, had a way with sellers, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know. It's just like some weird thinking there, you know, like feeling like I have empathy and I can really, you know, talk with them and, and, uh, and just handle the situation to, to get to the real motivation, all that kind of stuff. And, um, so that was what made it hard. I just didn't believe that somebody, I could hire somebody to come in and, and do as well or do better than me. And that was wrong. <laughs> that was so <laughs> terribly wrong. I, I usually call that a limiting belief or hallucination. Yeah. What yeah. was kind of the tipping point that got you over? Well, my good friend, Justin Williams, like he, he proved it to me, he said, Danny, yeah, you might be great. You know, I challenge that, but you know, <laughs> but he said, you know, the thing is like, you're so busy doing all this stuff. You might be great at that, but, but your energy is zapped and taken other places. And, you know, when you have other things to do, you're going to cut those appointments short. You're going to do things, you know, you're not going to spend the time you need to do because it's not the, the primary task of yours. And you're not staying on top of different things and learning new skills to better close those deals, put them under contract. And so having somebody specialized in that, you know, they can just, they always do better. Got it. Got it. Justin's right here in California. He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Great. So from building that fix and flip company, you know, um, and you switched over, was there a transition to bring in that software or you're like, Hey, my systems aren't working. I better bring this software piece into it. What kind of, you've got the flip pilot, which some people who's listening don't know about it, yep. but guys, Danny has an incredible program, an incredible software. You might want to check it out. Uh, what was kind yeah, of like competitive, the that's competitive advantage though. We're not supposed to be sharing that with anybody. That's uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. But okay. so the, the, the software, yeah, the software came in just because I had a passion for it still. I had always developed software for our team and, and for our company. And when I say that, you know, realistically, my, my ex-wife and I spent 10 or even 12 years maybe of just me and her, right? It wasn't until like 2015, 2016, I think we started bringing people on and building that team. So it took a long time. I get it. Like it, it like things were great. We could do everything ourselves with two people. It was fine. But after a while, you kind of get tired of some of the things. And, you know, we, we started building that team. But all the while, I had built software for us. And, uh, and I had a website that was generating a ton of leads. And, um, you know, I started documenting that uh, on my blog on Flipping Junkie. And that became that book, Flipping Houses Exposed. Because what I did was I took every single week and I documented everything that I was doing for marketing. You know, I, I showed my billboards, I showed, you know, bandit signs I put out, the letters I was sending out, all that kind of stuff. I talked about all of it. But I also talked about every single lead that came in. And I said, you know, they called and they wanted to sell because of this. They were asking this much. It was worth this much after I did the research on it. And so there's room there. So I went and made an offer. This is what I offered. And, you know, it was really cool because it was, it was showing, you know, there, there were two blogs at the time, like two types of blogs, right? The people showing the rehab, like the TV shows, but they didn't really show you the getting of the deal. It was just like, oh, we got it from a list. And he was listed. You know, there, but there wasn't really showing how to do that. And then there were the blogs that were like the how-to. Here's how to drive for dollars. Here's how to do this or that. But they didn't show any deals that we were doing or, or what was happening with the marketing and, 
And that's what the business is, right? It's getting, it's finding the deals is the hard part most of the time. The hardest part. <laughs> right. And so it was like, I'm going to, and I needed motivation because I had gone and taken flying lessons for three months, playing semi-retired. And this is when it was just still her and I, and, uh, and you were doing this business. And so things were drying up and I was like, I had to get motivated again. Yeah, I just want to fly all the time now, but I can't because my business is going to die. So I started that blog and, you know, Flipping Junkie and started showing, you know, all the marketing I was doing. But that, over those 34 weeks and I documented all that and I showed every week, here's the sources of all these leads, right? Well, that website was generating 400, in that 34 weeks generated the majority, vast majority of that 495 leads, right? So people were asking me, where can I get a website? You know, that's working great for you working again. And so that's when, that's how Lead Propeller came about. There was that need in the marketplace. I pushed it off for a long time because I felt like I had to build individually for people or something and then found a way to create it where they could just sign up and get it and it'd be set and go to go. They don't have to do anything either. And nice. so that's, that's how that all started. And then the, the lead management stuff was something always internal and that was moved into something that could be external and you know, so the whole team could start accessing it anywhere with the connection, you know, so. Very nice. Very nice. So fast forward today, what are you kind of up to? What's kind of Danny up to nowadays? So with joining some masterminds and, and really trying to expand uh, several years ago, the decision with my ex-wife and I were for her, was for her to, to focus on the flipping business, to continue growing that team and that business while I would focus on the software. Okay. You know, because I was just feeling like I was pulled in so many different directions. It was kind of tricky to navigate. And so I had been removed, right, from it. Well, just this, this at the beginning of this year, actually, you know, we went through that divorce and that was, you know, a messy thing that was really difficult for the whole last year and then, and then beginning of this year. But what it made me realize was that I wanted to be back in the business. And that realization came because I met with my, my old mentor in the house living business for coffee to talk about the situation and everything. And, and he, he, I hadn't even thought about this cause I was focused like the software means so much to me and I've been working on it for so long with my team, incredible team that I have. And we were actually downstairs at the coffee shop below our office and he, he just, I hadn't thought about this at all, but he asked me, so are you going to get back into the business, into the real estate investment business? And I, I just like took me half a second for this like well of energy to just rise in me of just like, yeah, you know what I think? I, yes, I do. I do want to. I hadn't even thought about it, but yeah, man, that sounds awesome. Like why, why am I not doing that? And it doesn't have to be a, a crazy scaled up business. You know, because I, as I got to thinking about it a little bit more, I was I was thinking through. Okay, I've gone through the range of of starting out, not knowing what the heck I was doing, being part time, figuring it out, growing that, growing a team, and then removing myself. And where was I happiest in all of that? Where where did I build wealth and was like really building something that I enjoyed? And that's when it was smaller, you know, and and even maybe part time. And that's kind of where I am because I'm I'm focused on the software, but so I'm looking at it as I'm starting over again with all the knowledge that I had from before, the whole range of building the business up and saying, I get to architect this the way I want it to be. I don't need to set some huge goal to be happy to get it to some point. 
I'm just going to do this in a way that's going to build long-term wealth and, and be satisfying while I do it. And, and I think that's big. I think there's so many people that get caught up in getting in this business and wanting the riches, wanting the freedom. And, and they feel like, and I did this too. That's why I know. I didn't really feel happy in all of it for so long because I was so set at getting to some point. And then at that point always moved, right? And got into a big mastermind, high level mastermind. You see what other people are doing. You're saying, well, that's where I need to be then. And it's just like this chasing, endless chasing of this crazy thing that didn't really come from what I really wanted. Right, right. No, I totally get it. You know, a good part of my audience are realtors. Hmm. And so, and that's kind of what I do pretty much uh, most of the time as well is I coach realtors. And a lot of them have this grandiose idea that, hey, I'm going to be a top producer. I'm going to sell 50, 100 homes, just like flippers, pretty much the same thing. They get around this environment and they want to keep up with the Joneses, right? And you just said it right there, which I love. And audience, I hope you heard that. You got to find out what kind of lights that flame. You got to find out what gets you really passionate and out of bed because if you don't, you're just going to be going through the most emotions and sooner or later, it's going to bite you in the rear and you're going to find out what, what the heck am I doing this for? Yeah. You know, so Danny, great point. I really, I'm glad you said that because that, that that's just a, a good reflection of who you are. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's big. And, and uh, you know, looking back and being kind of unsatisfied, even with the success, and it's like, well, why is that? And then talking, because I interview people on, on my podcast, and I've had some top-level investors that after the show, we'd have a, a conversation, casual conversation, and they're depressed. And I'm like, man, like, whoa, like, this is not, you know, what's going on? Like, you know, let's let's take a look and be honest with ourselves about what we're doing, right? Because you know, sometimes they're just chasing some things that shouldn't be chased maybe, but, and, and, you know, going back in the big thing this time around that I just wanted to do is like, let's make sure that I'm enjoying doing it every day, you know, because if I'm not, I need to change it up. I got to come out with it. Am I being worried because I set some crazy goal that I'm not going to hit? You know, what am I doing? And so this time around I'm setting not super lofty, crazy goals, you know, I'm setting realistic stuff that's not going to take working 50 hours in a week to do. And uh, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And then taking all the things about the efficiency part of it. And this is a big thing for anybody listening, I think, because even as agents, you know, if you're an agent listening to this, you know, a lot of it's about getting listings, right? Most of the time, I would say. And then, you know, you have leads coming in prospects and leads. And uh, an example, I guess, is when I did the 34 weeks, of, of everything I was documenting in my business. I generated this 495 leads, right? Sounds incredible. sounds awesome. Like who wouldn't want that many motivated seller leads? The thing was looking back on it, I, I think I documented 11 or 13 deals out of that, which is, is, is a good amount of deals, but it stinks with the ratio of how many of the leads turned into deals. Right. It's not good, right? It, it was like, so this time around, it's it's really kind of, running the business as a real business and looking at the numbers, you know, because what, what is not measured cannot be managed, right? Before Absolutely. it was all about, all I know is I need to get leads coming in. So I'm just going to keep myself super busy, pumping up leads, trying to get people to call me. Well, that's great. And, and it's great to figure that out and do that. But after a while, you're going to get burned out from it. And, you know, looking back, I, I know, and after the years of, of in, 
proving and doing things like, hey, getting somebody to do acquisitions for me, you know, the numbers get better. And instead of one out of, I don't even know what that is. I don't want to do the math on air here, but, you know, 11, 13 deals out of 495 is not good. You know, the team that we had put together and, and grew into, you know, I think there were moments where we were getting like every one out of five leads was becoming a deal kind of thing. Wow. And, you know, it's really honing the skills and the process of what happens when a lead comes in and turning that into a deal. And that's what I've kind of been building Flip Pilot to be a way to help do that, right? To see what's going on with the leads when they come in. Are we following up? Which is huge. That was the biggest piece. Like if you take away one thing from this show, when you get a lead, you follow up on that thing for, until they tell you to stop. You may have heard that before, but if you're not doing it, then you didn't hear it. Like, Take that in, digest it, do it. And, you know, I started thinking about, okay, well, there's moments where I still sometimes won't do the follow-up. And I had to sit there and, and, and figure out why I wasn't doing it. Why, why is there this pushback sometimes for me not wanting to follow up? And it's interesting. It, it's super interesting because I think we make a lot of assumptions about things all the time, right? Based on our experience. But we don't know what the seller, the potential seller is thinking or what their experience is, where they're at. They might tell us things, but we don't really know. And so the interesting thing is I found myself sometimes hesitating to follow up because I thought I knew they're not motivated. I don't want to frustrate them. When I made that offer, they, they looked like they were kind of upset, you know, and so I don't want to keep, I just, oh, it's not going to work out. Yeah, and, but I'm all for them, right? And that's not, that's not good. And it could be six months from now, they've had some other experiences or something. And all of a sudden that offer is going to look fantastic to them because now they're in a different place. And so, yeah, let's not make assumptions. Like, and, and so that's, it's follow up. If you're not following up, figure out why, what are you telling yourself that's causing you to say, I'm not going to follow up and then throw that out the window. You work really <laughs> hard to get that lead and you don't know. If, if, if they don't want you to help them, you'll never buy their house. But if they come to a point where they want you to help them, they'll let you know and you can help them at that point. Don't make an assumption that your service isn't a value to other people. It absolutely is. No, that's great, Danny. Great advice. You know, folks, when you're listening, no is probably not now. Not no means absolutely never. It's just not now. And so I agree with Danny is fortune is made in the follow-up. That's been one of my mantras that I share with people and that is right on the money. You can do all this lead generating on Facebook, on Instagram and mailers and bandit signs. But if you're not doing your part on following up and getting systematized, you're probably leaving a lot of money on the table. So great advice. Great, great advice. Yeah, Perfect. How, um, where do you see with the software company? I mean, how, how big do you see like subscriber wise or what kind of, um, goals do you have around that? Well, obviously to, to grow it, right. To grow it, to, to be, you know, producing money to buy more real estate. That's, that's kind of the thing, but more and more it, it's really understanding, okay, well, what are the needs and you know, how can we really truly help people in the business? Right. Because at a certain point, you know, we were focused uh, about a year and a half ago, we had focused on building out what was good for, a big house flipping organization that's maybe in multiple cities, all this kind of stuff. It wasn't the right thing to do. We scrapped that whole version and came out with a new one because it's like, let's focus on 
where I'm interested in being, and that's where a lot of, you know, the smaller investors are, you know, let's focus the software on what they absolutely need because people are paying too much for stuff they don't even need. You know, it's just crazy. So we just wanted to build something that focuses on those important things to make your business more efficient, the follow-up, automation, all that kind of stuff to make it uh, better. And, and also just to have something that was, that works the way we like to work. So I don't know if, I'm, I'm sure you do, you know, most investors I know have a whiteboard in their office. Absolutely. Doesn't matter what kind of software you got, all that kind of stuff. You still got a whiteboard where you're tracking some stuff. Absolutely. That's what we kind of built FlipPilot to be like. So if you right. ever use PipeDrive or Trello or something like yep. that, it's a, it's a visual thing. You can look and yep. see where all your stuff is and what's going on, including new leads that come in through a website or through calls or whatever. They all come into the system. It's really cool. And we made a free version, right? Not, not like a get it 14 days free. We made a free version so that people new in the business that aren't there yet, you know, and hadn't, haven't done a deal, maybe and got the profit. They can use it to help them get a deal, right? They can set up some follow-up reminders, all that kind of stuff to help turn some of the fewer leads that they're getting a higher chance of getting them into a deal. And so we, we built that to truly help people. They don't have to pay us anything to use it. So, you know, that's what, that's what we're more about. So those goals getting, this is what I'm getting to is really the goals in that company are, are fleshing out more to be having a real impact and helping, you know, real estate investors to be able to get to their first deal. And then from there to get into consistency and full time as an investor. And that, you know, that's why I do the podcast and all that kind of stuff too. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And you're primarily in the San Antonio market. Are you going to be yeah, buying and selling there or are you going to go outside of that area? No, I, I like to stick just, just here in San Antonio. Yeah. All right. Keep it Great. simple. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So any last words of wisdom for the audience? Anything else you wanted to share? Any big takeaways? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess, you know, what I've been saying lately is, is just being aware of what, what's going on with you, right? Like if you're struggling to, you know, put yourself out there to do marketing, to get calls in, to buy houses or to list houses or whatever, you know, take a look at maybe what's, what's causing that, right? Like, you know, being honest with yourself about, okay, I'm afraid of this, right? And, and please just understand that all of us face that, right? We all face these fears and, uh, you know, it's the people that, that actually take the action in spite of the fear, because we've all got the fear. It's not that somebody didn't have the fear and they just didn't have success. Go ahead, even with the fear and looking at it instead of, I hope this happens or this has got to work out. Look at it with curiosity and say, you know, I'm afraid, but I just want to find out what's going to happen. I'm curious what's going to happen if somebody calls me, what are they going to ask me? And, uh, you know, that was the fun part in the beginning for me was, you know, some of those first appointments, even I knew that there was a snowball's chance in hell, whether I was going to put that under contract. So that kind of made it easy for me. Cause I went in going, I don't have any pressure to put this under contract. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to go and just see what it's all about. I'm going to talk to the seller when I don't know the answer. I'm going to tell them, I don't know that I will get back to them. And it took a lot of pressure off and that helped kind of move through some of those scary moments. Very nice. Very nice. So yeah, I mean, you said it earlier too about keep it simple, keep it simple, keep it simple, you know, and, and I could tell by um, just from some of your language, it's all about like, you know, no pressure, you know, just kind of law of attraction, 
you know <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah. all right well danny i really really appreciate your time guys check out his blog see that 34 week journey check out some of his other things there's going to be links on the show you know he runs a great podcast what's the best way to get a hold of you yeah flipping junkie facebook group is the best way to do it so on facebook just look for flipping junkie group and yeah just a request to, to get in there and i'll let you in now is that a, a membership only or you're kind of opening it to whoever well no it's to, it's not a paid thing so it's yeah to any, anybody that's interested to to join in that group yeah, it's not paid. You have to do request the invite though, so that we don't have people spamming the group, you know, like that. So, but yeah. Cool, cool. Well, check that out, guys, on Facebook. His mastermind or or Facebook group. Yeah, just and, a group. Uh, yeah, Facebook group. I'm sorry. <laughs> check that out. See if you could uh, learn some great information. And he's definitely a giver. You could tell he shared some incredible golden uh, gems here. So, Danny, I really, really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you, Joe. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to be on. Yep. Perfect. Our company is not responsible for the success or failure of your business decisions relating to any information presented by our company or our company programs, products, and or services.